1: This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Thursday, October 27th. Let's say you're a crypto startup trying to raise money from venture capitalists. All things being equal, you'd have done decently well in 2020, ridiculously well in 2021, and not bad at all in the first half of 2022. But right now, maybe not so much. Bloomberg reporter Hannah Miller joins me to discuss what's happening with crypto VCs and the startups who need them. I think for
2: a lot of VCs, they're seeing this as an opportunity for talent to step in that's maybe more experienced.
1: Welcome back, Hannah. How's life in San
2: Francisco? Life in San Francisco is great. Um, Yeah, October's always kind of summery here. So (laughs) it's actually been warm temperatures as of late.
1: Well, you spoke to our colleague Vildana about the fact that October has also been, historically speaking, like a pretty decent month for crypto markets. And that's, I mean, mixed results given the extent of the crypto winter, but You've also been reporting on an area where October has been a little bit more challenging than maybe folks were expecting, and that is in the venture capital market for and for crypto startup fundraising. What's going on over there?
2: Yeah, so uh, I got some data from PitchBook looking at venture capital funding in the third quarter of 2022 compared to the same period in 2021. And it's a steep drop. It's a 37% decline to $4.4 billion uh, in venture funding for crypto startups. And that's roughly half mm. of the record amount of funding that VCs poured into crypto and blockchain startups in the first quarter of 22, 2022. So it's It's really a bit unsettling, you know, seeing this big drop, but it makes sense considering market conditions. We are in the depths of crypto winter. Uh, There there are still a lot of issues within the industry. Uh, And and that podcast with Valdana I referred to October as potentially Uptober in terms (laughs) of market performance, but it's actually been Hacktober with Yo. a lot of security incidents this as of late.
0: DeFi protocols have become an easy
1: target for attackers. That's according to blockchain analysis firm Chainalysis, which estimates around $1.9 billion worth of digital tokens have been stolen and hacked this year, up 58% in
0: the same period. We're
1: talking period. about declines from a record. And kind of if we, you know, VCs will love to say, well, we have a long-term view. And so if we take the long-term view for a second, We're still talking about money being deployed at levels unthinkable three, four, five years ago because this industry barely existed then, both on the startup side, but also some of the investors who are pouring money into these startups. Talk a little bit about who those venture capitalists are.
2: We've seen big names back the crypto industry. I'm talking about Andreessen Horowitz here, uh, which has massive, massive crypto funds and has a big crypto team dedicated to examining and investing in this industry. Um, We also have other big names. Uh, Electric Capital is one. Uh, They're more Mm. crypto-focused and have also raised a massive fund. Uh, Paradigm, another Big crypto name um, founded by, um, co-founded by Fred Ursum from Coinbase. And it's just really interesting to see kind of this growing divide now between generalist VCs, which look at many different industries, back many different areas of tech versus crypto native VCs. These are firms that specialize in crypto investments. They might have a dedicated research team, dedicated coding team, and these crypto native VCs are very much committed still to the space. This is everything that, they they have hinged their entire investment philosophy on blockchain going big.
1: Who are some of those startups? So you've mentioned the venture capitalists, like the big traditional names, the newer but big crypto names. Who are they still investing in, even if they're investing maybe at lower levels than they were this time last year?
2: Yeah, it's been really interesting to see um, a trend where NFT gaming startups are actually scoring uh, big rounds still. Um, In September, we saw Loot Mogul and Improbable, um, raise over $100 million. And what's interesting about these startups is that, yes, they use blockchain technology, but it's more to, sort of more in the background. Mm-hmm. It, they're not like explicitly crypto startups. They just kind of take advantage of blockchain technology and they're more focused on gaming and the metaverse. So I think a lot of crypto VCs still see gaming as an opportunity to broaden Blockchain and crypto's appeal to the main to mainstream consumers. You know, people love games; they love playing them. There, it's a lot more accessible than something like a complicated DeFi platform that might be prone to hacks and bankruptcies.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's so interesting that what we're essentially talking about is people doubling down on one of our go-to phrases here on this podcast: the underlying technology as opposed to some of the, like, the buzzier applications built on top of that technology? 100%. Yeah, it's all about infrastructure and picks
2: and shovels. So we have seen investments raised for companies that are still building on L1 blockchains, or even companies that kind of help bridge the gap between Web2 players Mm -hmm. and Web3. So I recently wrote about a company called Stardust that does that for gaming.
1: Now, when you talk about L1 blockchains, we're talking like, as you say, the picks and shovels, like the bitcoins, uh, the ethereums, uh, right, like those sort of fundamental things. But we've also seen folks like um, Animoca raise money, blockchain.com. How are they still fundraising in this environment? I mean, is it because Animoca is partly a gaming play? Is it something else?
2: Yeah, Animoca is, you know, it it does fall into that gaming space. Uh, The last round they had was flat. Um, So it wasn't necessarily a down round. I spoke with uh, Yatsu, who founded Animoca, and he really gave a very rosy picture of what's happening with his company. Uh, He is still very much interested in eventually going public. He is very excited about what lies ahead for blockchain gaming. And he really thinks that crypto winter hasn't actually come for gaming right now. And then you mentioned blockchain.com. Uh, so they were looking to raise a down round uh, r- recently. And we've seen you know some shifts there. Um, they just recently did a strategic financing round. Um, so it's kind of been interesting to see what's going to happen with that company. They did have a layoff um, recently.
1: There are two sort of concepts there which seem to be really important in the context of crypto winter, especially the first is a down round. When folks talk about a down round, it's often like, oh, my God, he raised a down round. But like, what is it exactly?
2: Yeah, so that's referring to the valuation of a company. Uh, so. You know, companies were raising at these these massive valuations um, last year, really, that were, you know, saying that these were unicorns, some of them many times over, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that they were worth more than a billion dollars. So it's been a real come down this year. We've seen more companies like blockchain.com looking to raise at lower valuations um,
1: than they were at previously. So the reason people get sort of weird about it is because there's this implied suggestion that you, you're you definitely not worth as much as the last time we had a conversation about fundraising, but maybe you were like never worth that much. We'll be right back with more from Bloomberg reporter Hannah Miller.
0: The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar, and premier sponsor QB. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at Qatar Economic Forum.com.
1: We've talked about gaming and the fact that it's sort of an outlier in terms of its ability to continue to be attractive. Do you have a sense of what's going on with like VC overall, right? Is it that like, is crypto a sector that's being hit harder by the decline than other places? Or are we looking at a general pullback in liquidity?
2: Yeah, there's definitely a general pullback across tech. Um, Crypto is not the only area being affected. The thing is, though, crypto has an extremely high profile as being risky. Mm -hmm. Um, We see that because of the volatility of tokens. We see that in the hacks that affect the industry. And we just see this also, you know, there are shady characters and, you know, There have been very spectacular fails um, among different players, major players Mm -hmm. within the industry. I'm thinking 3RO's Capital here, I'm thinking Celsius, I'm thinking Voyager Digital. So it's very, I I think in some ways the stakes are a bit higher for the crypto industry. Um, With this, you know, slowdown and even with this more broad slowdown, it'll be interesting to see how things shape up. I will say that a lot of the VCs I talk to are still very hopeful about the space, even though they're telling their portfolio companies to buckle down for the next 18 to 24 months, make sure they have enough cash on hand to last crypto winter. They still believe we will come out of this. Mm -hmm. And one thing that's also interesting about this current bear market and how it's different from previous crypto winters is that we do see more institutional money coming in, uh, more big players Uh, from traditional finance entering crypto. So I think this has given a lot of people hope. um, And they're saying, you know, hey, the industry is more mature than it was in previous bear markets. And, you know, it's we're going to overcome this. So I still I will say I still see a lot of optimism within crypto.
1: Because you mentioned Hacktober, you know, you've previously reported that security startups have been an area of growth Are they raising enough money to keep up with the outbreak of hacks right now? Like what's going on over there?
2: I would say so. Mm With the the most recent hack um, for Mango, uh, Mm -hmm. I spoke to one of a startup that had just uh, done a recent raise and it's called Halborn. And, you know, they seem to be doing really well. very, very busy. (laughs) So uh, again, and I I think that sort of that security piece falls into the infrastructure category where you're, you're, you're looking for flaws in either um, a platform's code or even its economic models and testing them to see whether they can, you know, are whether they have any vulnerabilities and whether they can withstand uh extreme this extreme market conditions that we see in crypto at times.
1: Extreme market conditions is a very diplomatic way of putting it. As as sort of a closing thought, you know, we've talked on previous episodes about one of the propositions that the crypto-native VCs like to make is that like we we are the experts, like we really know this area inside out. We can provide expert counsel, expert guidance. Are you hearing at all that in this wave of C suite departures when, you know, companies like actually really need that expert guidance, are you hearing from either founders or VCs that folks are stepping up in that area?
2: Yeah, no, it's I think for a lot of VCs, they're seeing this as an opportunity for talent to step in that's maybe more experienced in dealing with growing regulatory scrutiny or, you know, handling a larger company. Um, so I, I think for some of the founders, it's nice for them to, you know, maybe pull back, focus on something else, whether it's policy or just their own, you know, sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's interesting to see whether we're going to have more talent pulled in from traditional finance, whether we're going to see familiar names from big institutional players come into crypto and sort of fill these leadership gaps that have been left.
1: You're making an interesting point about folks coming in to be, you know, we've called them in the past, like the adults in the room that may play to the strengths of the more traditional non-crypto native VCs because they have, you know, much bigger benches of experience in those types of policy areas and that regulatory area in the how to testify, but before the Senate Banking Committee area. So it's certainly going to be an an interesting time for all involved.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, you see with a lot of the larger, more established VC firms, they have legal experts, legal teams who can help growing startups navigate this changing landscape for crypto regulation. So I, I do think that there are things that traditional VCs can offer these companies. And it'll be interesting to see how crypto-native VCs evolve to offer similar benefits to their portfolio companies.
1: Terrific. Well, Hannah, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show soon. And have a great rest of your San Francisco summer.
2: Thank you. Have a good one.
1: (laughs) You can find more of Hannah Miller's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal on Bloomberg.com or follow her on Twitter. She's at HGMiller29. That's H-G-M-I-L-L-E-R 29. on the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto. Crypto traders are still hoping that October will turn into uptober. But are their hopes misplaced? And what's the effect of all this looming regulation on sentiment? Oh, and have you heard about some guy named Matt Levine? All this and more on the next episode. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at bloomberg.net. Or find us on Twitter, we're at Crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohamed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Our associate producers are Tai Butler and Moses Andam. Desta Wanderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow.
0: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state